Get your pen and paper ready. It's time for another edition of The The Flex. The absolute best fantasy football podcast in existence. I'll say this, not to say that I disagree, but... I disagree. Oh my God. Presented by Broadway Sports. All right. Flexers ready? Welcome into the Flex. We are brought to you by Broadway Sports Media, partner with 440 Sports. Head on over there and check out all of our content we've got going on weekly, all your injury updates, your roster predictions, your roster moves at broadwaysportsmedia.com. Should you be worried about Julio Jones? Who knows? Go read the article. went up today. My favorite article that's coming up now is by our very own Robert Greenlaw's Terrible Twitter Takes. Congratulations, sir. That was fantastic. It set the world on fire last week. I hope you are... Your round two is just as amazing as it was last week. There's definitely some good ones in uh, round two coming out tomorrow. A little less Titan-centric, but uh, some from our own Titans Twitter gave some uh, some not-so-savory takes. It's it's a wide, wide world of Twitter takes out there, so it's a lot to choose from. You don't want to just limit it to one area. And here's the thing. If you get picked, don't get butthurt about it. You had a terrible take. Take it. Move on. But this is a Fantasy Flex show. Welcome on in, Tyler. Let's go. Thank you, sir, for hanging with us through everything. We're going to be talking about one of the most important fantasy positions in the history. You can win and lose championships with this one position. I'm kidding. We're talking about the tight end. (laughs) I'm not kidding, baby. So let's start it off there. We we have kicked this around all week. We have heard, we saw some, there were some tweets out there, uh, not just our show, but I saw it many times. We brought up the question. It was amazing that I even saw out there that should you even go with a tight end position? Should you even have it on your roster? I've heard people say, get the kickers off there, get the defense off there, your IDPs, get them off there. They should be off there anyway. Don't even... Why are you watching our show if you have those in your fantasy league? That's a bum fantasy league. Um, but now it's tight ends. And the, 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 the combo that I saw the most out there was turning it into a receiver tight end position so you can have choices there. But let's dig into it. I, JG, you already started off there. What are the merits to having the mandatory tight end slot on your roster? Well, I think that the mandatory tight end, I'd like to know the reason for wanting to abolish it. And if it's because there are only three elite tight ends that you can rely on, then draft one of those three elite tight ends. If it's because it's really hard to predict on a weekly basis which tight ends are going to score fantasy points, and we don't like the randomness of it because that's not skill, that's just luck, random. Well, guess what? Fantasy football is extremely random, and it is a a lot of luck. And if your guy gets hurt, if your first-round pick gets hurt, your league's probably screwed. If your guy gets hurt on the first snap of a game, your team's probably screwed. Like, if you pick a tight end who doesn't catch touchdown pass that week, Maybe your team's screwed. Or maybe you could do a better job of evaluating the matchups and the red zone targets for tight ends and figuring out that even though Jonu Smith is only going to put up you know, less than 500 receiving yards, he's still going to score eight, tight, eight touchdowns because that's his role in the offense. So, look, I think that, yes, there are three elite tight ends and you should be targeting them because the difference between getting one of those guys and not getting one of those guys is massive in terms of of having a strategic positional advantage over basically anyone you play on a week-to-week basis, unless you're playing one of the other two guys who has one of those guys. Or, you know, you get rid of the position, you play more flexes, and if you do that, the tight end position basically becomes irrelevant to your team because no one's taken a tight end over a wide receiver in any 
league unless it's Darren Waller or Travis Kelsey. And like at that point, you then you got to figure out, well, who's better, Travis Kelsey or Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill? It's like you shouldn't be comparing those players anyway. Tight end is a position in football, and you should have a position in your fantasy football league that is the tight end because it just adds an element that if you utilize it and take advantage of it, can really give you a leg up. So your argument, just to sum up there, is get good, scrub? Yeah, it's like stop blaming you losing on bad luck or randomness. This is like fantasy football is random and it's a game of luck. And that's like that's a huge part of it. So stop blaming your your bad drafting on on that. Are you against choices, though? I mean, don't you want to give people more choices? I think like if you do that, then like just make every position a flex. Like, oh, you can roll out any. Thank you. You can roll out any combination of players on a real football field. You could run five running backs out there. So why don't we just do every position is a flex? I mean, where does it end? That's kind of interesting. I, I wouldn't hate being in a league like that, honestly. Yeah. I'd be you scoop up all the running backs and then you're like, everybody else sucks to be you or whatever. That's not terrible. Yeah, I don't know. I'd scoop up right, the receivers. Zach, rebuttal here. <laughs> Well, he brings up Johnny Smith's eight touchdowns. Johnny Smith finished as tight end 17 or 16 last year in PPR. So what good are those fucking eight touchdowns when you're starting games 10 points behind if you have a mandatory tight end? Look, I know that Justin, a lot of Justin's anger stems from the fact that Ryan threw him under the bus two or three times already on this podcast talking about technical difficulties when nobody fucking knew that we had technical difficulties. <laughs> I did. No one knew. I did. Me and my purple light did. And he just threw Justin under the bus and and he's like, and that's why he's mad. Here's the problem with this fucking mandatory tight end spot. And you bring up Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey lined up either in the slot or out wide more than he even lined up as a tight end. He lined up way more in those positions than he ever did as an actual tight end. The tight end spot is gone away. Unless you're drafting Jeff Swaim and getting points for blocking and chipping, it doesn't fucking matter that they're they're labeled tight ends. Jimmy Graham tried to fight for this, and he lost, and you're siding with big NFL, big money, because that's where you work now? I mean, give yeah. me a fucking break, you sellout. <laughs> you fucking corporate shill. I'm a company and man, listen, Zach. Let me say this. If it's all <laughs> luck, if it's all luck, don't know why you're working on a fantasy football show and editing it. And then you're over here on another one because what the fuck do we know? There is skill to fantasy football. The we don't know is, jack shit. We know <laughs> we everything. Really We're don't. the most accurate fucking podcast in, that is in true. the fantasy with world. With a guy with an orange with, pullover yeah. and a Broadway hat. Right. We're and the only one not. with the purple room. I mean, he's up here in Thanos's butthole. We got this. Listen, let me let me tell you something. What it, if it is just fucking worthless to have a mandatory tight end spot? It it, it needs to be a wide receiver spot because so your argument not is enough, that well, I'm not even done with my argument. I, mm. I hadn't got derailed because I like to make jokes. So look, here is my thing. There's only three guys you can draft that really make a difference because if not, you're you're losing. You're starting out behind when you face those guys. When you face someone with Darren Waller or Travis Kelsey or a healthy George Kittle, you're starting out 10 points behind. And it's ridiculous that you have to now change the landscape to try to counteract it because there's no way to counteract it, really. You, you're never going to make up that 10 points. Even if you get like a Christian McCaffrey or Derrick Henry or something in the first round, 
I'm all for flex and and going for a wide receiver tight end does not devalue your strategy on how you treat tight ends. It just makes it a little bit better for everybody and it makes it a little bit more there's more parity involved. It's ridiculous that there is a mandatory tight end spot. Streaming is is a crap shoot. You can do it, sure. You can stream Johnu one week and Anthony Ferkser the next week, but that doesn't fucking guarantee you anything. The only real true guarantee is that Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller are going to see a buttload of fucking targets, and none of them are going to come from when they lined up in the tight end slot because they're fucking big-ass wide receivers. So draft the guys who line up as wide receivers then. That doesn't. It, there's not that many out there. That's what I'm saying. Like you said, there's three. It sucks that you're starting out 10 points behind if you get you know the fourth guy, the fifth guy. Guy last year had 150 points less than Travis. That's ridiculous. There's not a disparity like that in any of the other positions. Like that's that's awful. So if you want to keep the tight end position, make it a flex position, and then in your your scoring settings, make those guys 1.5 points per reception instead of the standard one for wide receivers. And then they're they're worth a little bit more, and you can a uh, Travis Kelsey stacks up better against one of your flex wide receivers. But it, it doesn't make sense, like yeah. like Zach said, with the blocking to me, to have those guys as a as a set position. You you got an interesting point there. That's one of my favorite things about the daily fantasy, um, uh, daily drafts you can do on a you know where they have those court by you can go by quarter. Sorry, and it actually gives you a choice of who your player is going to be for that quarter. And some of them you take an advantage of, like okay, this may not be the go to guy, but if he does go, we're going to be two points per whatever as opposed to one point so maybe there's something in there but just you know there is something to be said to zach's point or excuse me to jg's point i'm actually kind of siding with you because i i like something you said that you have to draft smart so if you know there's only three tight end guys you have to make the decision why you're going through draft do i need to go make my rush now when the tight ends are going to happen we'll get to that in just a second or because it's going to happen there's going to be that run it's when whenever the first one's going to pop but then you have to go uh now on the fly during your draft, are you taking one of those tight ends? Do you want to forgo one of your receiver positions? You know, all those good things. It kind of changes your draft summary. I mean, is it in the and doesn't that make it a little more interesting on draft night to be able to to have that red herring out there? Because the rest of it is just like there's so many receivers that like, yeah, you can you can think certain guys are great value now, but like if they get hurt, it doesn't matter. And you you're it's all a crapshoot until we see these players really on the field. And so if you're just like everyone gets to pick from that pool and whoever gets lucky enough that their guy didn't get hurt, then that to me is not as competitive as the idea behind. I see the best way to utilize my draft picks and to construct this roster to make sure I get one of those top three tight ends as opposed to just like a, just the crapshoot of like everyone drafts wide receivers from rounds three through ten. And whoever gets the luckiest wins. Come on. I shouldn't have to be put in a position where I'm choosing between a tight end and Derrick Henry. Like, that's fucking ridiculous. Let's get rid of mandatory tight end and knock these tight ends down where they fucking belong. Gross. So, all right, question. Are we going to have a mandatory tight end in in the Broadway Fantasy League? If we are, I'm leaving. (laughs) One second. Yes, we are. I will not tolerate Thor Ragnarok hate in this podcast. I will not either. This is... And you get out of here. Is, Go back to Canada. So yeah, this, this is, is a little preview of what's going in the uh, hugs everybody about coming on. <laughs> this is this as is Canadian as it Twitter gets. Takes tomorrow, just so everyone knows, he said this already on Twitter. It's going to be in the article tomorrow, so check it out. 
<laughs> Thor Ragnarok is the opposite of irrelevant. This is the one where Thor figures out that he doesn't need a hammer to be Comple power completely, completely irrelevant. There, there's the there's so much that happens in it. You know, Loki turns good. It ties into Infinity War <laughs> and it gets him to the Guardians of the Galaxy. Gets the if it wasn't for Thor Ragnarok, he wouldn't have even had the awesome touchdown in Wakanda because it would just never like happen. Like it's just. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. Get out of here with God, this comment. God, this is a fantasy football podcast. I do not have time serious bullshit. Oh, oh, comments like that. <laughs> so we talked about the draft, and it, there was a strategy. So if you are going to have the mandatory tight end draft in your in your lineup, where do the where how high do you take these elite guys? When should you start targeting them? What is the area of the draft that you should really look for them realistically? I mean, it. It, if you if you have a mandatory tight end and you have to draft one this early, you're gonna have to you know it sucks. You're gonna have to go in the first or second round and take one of these tight ends. And if you're in the first round and you're in a snake draft and you are picks like one through four and you're gonna be picking in round two, round twenty one to twenty four, then you probably need to look at Waller or Kittle at that point. You, you, I would probably prefer Waller. Uh, Kittle has a t hard time staying healthy, but yeah, I wouldn't be mad with either of those picks if you have a mandatory tight end. And then if you look at it this way, if you have picks five through eight, or no, I'm a ch I changed my mind. I wrote my notes down wrong. Eight through twelve in the first round. You, you got to seriously consider Travis Kelsey. You have to seriously consider a fucking tight end if you have mandatory tight end. Isn't that crazy? That's bullshit. Like I don't think it's crazy. It's it's uh, stupid. And drafted, the reason you have to do it is because he he Kelsey himself has 79 first downs in last season, and he had 10 red zone touchdowns, and he accounted for uh, about. 22% of the red zone targets or the red zone attempts in there. I mean, you have to do it just because you have a stupid ass mandatory tight end because you're in a caveman league because what your grandfather did before your father did it. And now you're doing it too. Fucking ridiculous. Break the chain, break the cycle of hate. I just want to say I drafted Travis Kelsey in the in my league of record last year in the second round. And I was ecstatic that he fell to me. I had a late second round pick. Wasn't sure if he would, fall there and you know if you guys are mock drafting out there i'm sure everyone mock drafts out there if you do a mock draft and you don't get a tight end you don't get one of these three tight ends like your running back and wide receiver group looks a lot better than if you spend a really early pick on one of these tight ends but you just have to remember that like these mid-round running backs and these mid-round receivers there are going to be guys who pop in that range so it's okay if your lineup doesn't look super strong with at those positions because you spent an early pick on a tight end, because like you were saying earlier, Zach, that advantage you have on a weekly basis over your opponent. I mean, you're putting uh, Travis Kelsey, you see it on the screen here, 20.9 PPR points per game last year. I mean, you're slotting 21 points per game in at your tight end slot. Your opponent is trying to hope his guy catches a touchdown. Like that's such an advantage that it is worth spending that early pick. And like you were saying, Zach, it definitely depends on your drafts, your, where you pick in the draft. If you have an early first round pick, I wouldn't spend it on Travis Kelsey. But I would start looking at the end of the second round at Waller and Kittle or early third round because they're going to be scooped up. And once they're gone, like you just hope that Mark Andrews has a bounce back year and Lamar Jackson doesn't get COVID. Or you hope that Jared Goff and TJ Hawkinson figure it out. Or you hope that Kyle Pitts has the best rookie season a tight end has ever had ever. Or you hope that Ryan Fitzpatrick looks at Logan Thomas. I mean, those are your other options there. So you should really be 
drafted one of these guys. You have to, you have to go almost Travis Kelsey and running back. Like you, it has to be at the turn a tight end, or you don't even. Yeah, at the turn you have to get tight end running back. I mean, yeah. that's almost what you have to do because that's the position that you're put in when you have a stupid ass mandatory tight end. But if your wide receiver one is really a wide receiver two, but you have one of these tight ends, that more, I think, and more than makes up for it. It doesn't just balance out. You still have the advantage in that scenario. Sure. And I think Travis Kelsey Green gets off. drafted where even if you have that, you know, man, even if you don't have a mandatory tight end, he still gets drafted in the same area because, you know, 20 points per game is amazing. It's the other two guys at 17 points a game and 15 points a game. They're getting forced up the your, your draft board because you have to take one of them and it drops off so far after that. So that's my complaint mostly with yeah. this is you Kelsey's worth, you know, a late first round pick. The other guys aren't worth if you were if all you know positions were equal, uh, they're not worth a second and a third round pick. That's an interesting point by Stoney here in the chat. Mandatory tight end spot, but no one can draft Kelsey Kittle. Or Walt. There you go. Everyone's you go. streaming week to week. Everybody's That'll streaming be, the tight end. Yeah, Where are we gonna JG get will love that. His, all of his strategy and luck. So, and I'll say this too, because it is miserable when you're trying to rely on a on either defense, tight end, or kicker as your saving grace going into a Monday night. Do yourself a favor just out of – and just lest you just have to get into that situation. Don't do that to yourself. Set your roster up a different way to where if you're having to rely on somebody on Monday night, rely on a, a position player because then at least you may still not win because the points, wherever they fall, you're going to get your points across the entire weekend. It, they are what they are. I mean, I hate to tell you this. There's no like – trick to like oh i should have started this guy or whatever your points are going to be your points when you set your roster but just for the sake of your heart and your mind don't set yourself up with relying on a tight end especially when you're streaming or a kicker or just a defense and really don't do that to yourself if you've got all three going because that's just a hell of a roller coaster you don't want to be on i just i just hate it i think it's silly it's just silly mandatory tight ends what yeah. is this 1995 <laughs> well it might be like i i, I kind of i like the tight end there but I, I think i'm leaning for myself personally that i like giving the hybrid option for that spot that way you can kind of pick and choose i don't necessarily want it to be a hybrid running back wide receiver whatever let's not get crazy with it but tight end receiver i could i could see that because then you could stream a whole lot of different people in that position have a lot more options <clears throat> in case somebody gets hurt those kinds of things. So I, I don't hate it. Listen, uh, two that, running, one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receiver tight end spots, and one wide receiver running back tight end slot, you're golden. If you, you do have a flex spot and a tight end spot, <gasps> would you guys be interested in taking two of these three tight ends? Like, let's say you have a late second, early third round pick, and you grab Kittle and Waller. I mean, if you have, I've seen, I've seen teams in our league since we switched draft tight ends that high and do that. They've never won. Well, yeah, I wouldn't do it. You wouldn't draft them as high if you. I'm saying if you still had a mandatory tight end spot and you have uh, a flex spot where you can play a tight end. Because Greenlaw's absolutely right. You know, if if you don't have to start a tight end, there is absolutely no reason to take one of these other guys so early, except for. Kelsey is so high up there and they lost a receiving option in Sammy Watkins this year who, I mean, he wasn't a huge 
part of the game, passing game, but he was a good player. And I don't know if you guys have been watching the preseason, but it looks like Patrick Mahomes and Mikkel Hardman are like trying to get on the same page and it's not happening. <laughs> like It happened he, on that one weird fluke play. And then everyone's yeah. like, oh, Mikkel Hardman. Oh, he's back. Like, give, give me a break. I mean, it's if it's not clicking the previous two or three years, if this is a guy that could never beat Sammy Watkins. This yeah. is a guy that could never Marcus Robinson, and we're going to suddenly believe it's like the whole Marcus Johnson and the Titans thing. We're suddenly going to believe this guy's something that he's not. I mean, give me a fucking break. <laughs> well, uh, my point there is that Kittle set the record, or sorry, Kelsey set the record last year for receiving yards by a tight end in a season. He broke Kittle's record. He could do that again this year. <laughs> it wouldn't, yeah, well, wouldn't it, shock it, me. Well, if you're convinced, yeah, that, that offense is going to run through Kelsey. I, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's, I, that's why I don't like a lot of the, the, the other skill players for the Chiefs. I Obviously, Mahomes is not in that category, but like that offense runs through Kelsey. That's the that's the top target. He's going to he's going to eat up all those targets. So, I mean, it's going to be hard to, to pick which other person in that skill set is going to be the go to. Now, listen, I told I told Justin this. I don't know if I said this in our fantasy podcast slack, but I have told this to other people. Last week, I had a dream that Tyreek Hill got injured and was lost for the season. I woke. I have not been able to shake that sense, and I am actively avoiding Tyreek Hill because I can't shake this feeling. Do with that what you will. For what it's worth, I had this premonition. I'm just letting you guys know, fair warning, if you draft Tyreek Hill and he gets injured, don't say I didn't tell you. Wow. Zach can see the future, boys. That's why he's You did say that. I always do try right. to avoid him just because of maybe impending jail time anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just never I try know. to avoid him because the boomer bust type yeah. of player that early in the draft, like I, I want someone safer with my first round pick. It's tough. And the reason I don't like the two tight ends taking two of these top tight end guys is because A, injuries happen and then you're screwed. You, you kind of want some to spread out your picks there because now, now think about what you're doing. If you're taking Kelsey, right? I'm assuming that's one of the two top picks you're taking taking him super early because you have to well now you're taking the second tight end where you would take your number two receiver possibly a lot of times in drafting if you're taking kelsey that's your number one receiver but instead of it being a one receiver caliber type player it's now that third and fourth tier because they're all going to get scooped up in a ppr league so when you're running those two tight ends it's 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 not smart because now you're yeah you're running those two tight ends in the in the in those two slots but now your receivers are just garbo and and there's no it's 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 a tough thing to try to roll that out. Sure, you might get a combined thirty to forty points out of your tight end and your two tight ends from week to week, but your receivers are going to get you like thirteen points between the three of them, and teams are going to crush you because they're going to have that one. They're going to have that one receiver that goes off for thirty points, and everybody else averages twelve. Well, I have both. Your running that. backs is going to be really bad too. If you're taking a yep, tight end exactly. first and third round, you're going to have either at least one running back that's really bad. You might be able to make up for it with some later round wide receivers, but the one of the running backs is going to be horrible. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree with that, and and it's true. But I also think that the difference between the wide receiver eight and the wide receiver twenty eight is, I mean, I haven't looked this up, but it's probably closer to the difference between tight end one and tight end four. You know, I mean, like so. What you do by taking two of those tight ends is someone else 
in your league doesn't get one of those tight ends. So now every time you face another team, there's only one other team in your league that has an elite tight end. So that just gives you that advantage there. And I think you can like make up the points with the wide receivers because if you're in a PPR league, so many teams run so many wide receivers on the field now. You, like you can find guys that'll score like five less points than who you're facing, whereas your tight ends are going to score 10, 15 more points than who you're facing. So I agree. And again, like, yes, your RB2 will be, will be terrible, but look, I mean, every year you have waiver wire running backs that nobody's ever freaking heard of that come on, like James Robinson last year. I mean, there's going to be somebody like that this year. There's going to be multiple guys like that, that that you can pick up either late in the draft or just off waivers that function as an RB2. May not be week one, but by the time the championship rolls around, like you'll know who those guys are. Well, hell, the Rams just gave up 17 draft picks for a running back here recently. That he's going to set the world on fire, right? That guy, he's got to be a stud. He's at least I love Daryl Henderson. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> well, that's all right. So you, obviously, if 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 you want to tie in, you want to target one of those guys, just be prepared to take them early because they're going to once the first one comes off the board, it's going to be within the next five. To, to six picks, the rest of them are going to be off the board as well. So you have to be prepared for that kind of a strategy and be able to live with your consequences of not getting a – maybe bumping your tears back a little bit possibly. But if you don't go with those one of those three elite guys, who are some of those mid-round targets beyond that top three that you guys would look for? Greenlaw, let's start with you. You haven't said a whole lot today. So my guy is uh, TJ Hawkinson. Tight end five last year, so not like a huge stretch here to be in that second group. Um, but what the Lions did this offseason was basically get single pass catcher except for Hawkinson. So he's got a lot of uh, target ability. He had over 100 last year. He's basically the only passing uh, option for golf this year. Um, as you see, 11 yard points per game was terrible, but it was good enough for five. So a lot more uh, targets. He's going to be an option. I think he's a shoe-in for tight end 12. Yeah. You're back. You're back. Oh, okay. Sorry. He, I think he he's a, he, I think he's automatic tight end 12. Uh, so in that second area, he, a little rich at the fifth round, but he's going to be a, a top 10 tight end for sure. And before anybody, uh, when I said you haven't got to talk, I just meant that you haven't talked because these two below below us have taken yeah. up this entire show talking. So I was just trying to give you we a know chance. how the show goes. It's all right. I did. Right in the middle of your speech, JG tries to stop you. No, no. I was like, why is Greenlaw frozen? No, I was signaling that he was frozen. I could hear him, but I can't see it. I couldn't see him. Well, it, it, you made him stop. So, I mean, I, I apologize to you, Greenlaw. That was frozen great. again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> maybe he's start. just very still yeah. have you ever I'm thought about that is this like drax to destroy him? yeah <laughs> yeah that's you will fool me all right <laughs> look i really like tj hawkinson and i think this is a good safe move the i think that you have a defense uh our tight end coach as your head coach right so you're gonna have them play safe sound football and they're already sounds like they're out on DeAndre Swift. Remember everybody's little fantasy darling of DeAndre Swift? This is like they hate him. <laughs> like they they do not like the this guy. They like, I think, Jamal Williams and Jamar Jefferson better. And by the way, avoid DeAndre Swift at this point. Draft uh, Jamal but, Williams, though. <laughs> yeah. I think he's gonna outscore Swift. But I think that 
they're going to force Jared Goff to make sound decisions, and their wide receivers suck, right? I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown isn't really clicking quite yet, and then you also have Tyrell Williams, who can't stay healthy. TJ Hawkinson is the safest bet. It goes, to me, goes Jamal Williams, TJ Hawkinson are really good value plays, and Jamar Jefferson is a really deep sleeper. And let someone else overdraft DeAndre Swift. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't do any of the wide receivers for the Lions. And I think it's a good pick. Where Where is his ADP? It's at 60 oh, overall, so fifth round. Ooh, that's really high, though. It, yeah, it's high. It is. There's a premium on tight ends, though, and that's why. But fifth is kind of in that mid-round section, so that's you're going to have to make that decision once you get there. That's the thing. Is, take him. If you miss on those top three, like you almost have to reach for one of these guys unless you just wait. We're going to get to tier three guys that you can wait for till really towards the end of your draft. But otherwise, you do have to you know, spend one of these mid-round picks on a guy like TJ Hawkinson. I think this is the perfect situation when you're looking for a potential breakout tight end. First of all, he was a really highly thought of prospect, first round pick. And a lot of people thought he would come in right away and set the NFL on fire. But that's just not how it works at the tight end position. Like tight ends take a little longer to develop. I think people were on Hawkinson just a little early. This could be that breakout year. He's like in Darren, same kind of position as Darren Waller, whereas where he's like the only target in the passing game that you could that you could stick on any team in the NFL and he would still get targets. Like you take any of those other pass catchers, they're not getting targets on most NFL rosters right now. So I think he's just going to be a target machine. We talked about it last week when we said don't draft any Lions pass catchers or receivers. This is the Lions pass catcher that you want to draft. Are we concerned and, about his awful hair? Yes, absolutely. I yeah, that, that is definitely a concern. I will say that there oh, are a couple yeah. guys going above him like Robert Tanyan that – are due for a regression, I wouldn't, you know, touch those guys. I'd definitely take Hawkinson, who only had, I think, six touchdowns last year, whereas Tanyan had 11 on, like, the 24th amount of targets in the league. So let someone else take those guys that are higher risk. And Hawkinson's, like, a super safe, super safe pick to be a tight end one. Right now, Kyle Pitts and Mark Andrews are going ahead of Hawkinson. Kyle Pitts is a rookie. Same thing, you know? I mean, sure, maybe the best rookie tight end prospect of all time. That doesn't mean he's going to come in and have 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns. I mean, it's just a really tough position to come play in the NFL. Maybe he plays basically receiver this year, but I'm not taking him over Hawkinson. And then Mark Andrews. Are you saying that a tight end may actually play wide receiver? Whoa. I've never seen that before. I'm saying you have to draft the tight ends who are going to play wide receiver if you have a mandatory tight end in your league. Mark Andrews is one of those guys, but they added a bunch of wide receivers this offseason. They're trying to get Lamar Jackson to throw outside the numbers more, assuming Lamar doesn't come down with COVID randomly some point during the year. So for a third time. For a third time. I'm, I'm sort of I, – I would take Hawkinson. I would let somebody else take Pitts. Somebody's going to reach for Pitts. I would let someone else take – Andrews too, and then I like Hawkinson a lot. Absolutely let someone reach for Pitts because I'm going to tell you guys something. He's not going to be as good as what everybody says. He's just not 100%. going to be. It's just too much hype surrounding It'd the guy that can't even yeah. play all facets of the game of the being a tight end. He, he's not that great of a blocker. They're only going to be able to use him situationally, and he's a rookie tight end. Like you have said, they pretty much all suck. I wouldn't be shocked if Hayden Hurst outsnaps him. I think Pitts will run more routes, but in terms of pure snaps, wouldn't surprise me at all. I, I look at it as Hurst is Johnny Smith, Pitts is Anthony Ferkser. 
And are you really right. going to want to draft yeah. Anthony Ferkser that high? Yes. Last oh, year's version. Great point. That is a great point, and I agree with that analogy, except Thor Pitts is a lot more athletic, and that offense is not the Titans' offense. So Ferkser in the, in the Titans' offense is – He's not the, you know, even if he's the third receiving option, there's not going to have, sometimes there's not much happening after Derrick Henry and the top two receivers get theirs. But in the Atlanta offense where they spread it out, where the third receiving option is going to get a lot more. So if he's running more routes, has more options. I'm just saying that he's going to get used a little differently. The problem is, is that the Tennessee Titans offense you're talking about is now in Atlanta. That's yeah, the problem with I have with that is that it's going to be Calvin Ridley. And Mike Davis is a much better pass catching option than Derrick Henry is. Sorry, guys, but he is. And I I think that you're going to see – I don't think you're going to see the dynamic playmaker that everybody claims that this guy is, the generational talent. That saved the generational talent label for Mac Jones, who's throwing touchdowns like crazy since Cam Newton got COVID for a second time. Wow, rookie of the year prediction, uh, Mac Jones. But what, well, I take guess him in a dynasty league. Sorry, last thing on Pitts. Take him in your dynasty leagues next year, breakout year. But fade him this year. Go ahead, Ryan. Sorry, that, that's fine. I just I just want to give people something to think about because he he possibly could get used a little differently, and he's a little more at, not a little. He's a little more athletic than than Ferkser I think just so, a little. If Ferkser is an athlete, he's a. I mean, he's awesome. He's a big target who can move. That's true, but. Pitts is closer to an actual wide receiver. They're both used as receivers in their offense, but Pitts is closer to an actual re- receiver. And that's all that's I'm saying. Not to say team- that, that's not to say that Pitts won't be a tight end one, though. He very well could be. The bar for that is super, super low. So don't like get that confused. <laughs> he could very well be a tight end one, but it's not worth where he's he's getting drafted at. Sure. His tight end one Bingo. might be you know, that 11 points a game that Hawkinson's going to get. Listen, that tight end one could be 50 points because after the top three, you're barely going to yeah, get him. Exactly. 175 points last year for Hawkinson. Amazing. Yeah. Last year's lowest scoring tight end, Hunter Henry, averaged 10.4 points per game, but Hayden Hurst was 10th. Because he, Hunter Henley played 14 games. Hayden Hurst played 16 games at tight end 10, averaged 9.3 PPR points per game. 9.3 PPR! Get out of here. <laughs> so you kept bringing up Mark Andrews, and for some reason I thought like he like he was out for the season because I, I remember him getting carted off, and I just looked it up. I was like, oh, it's just major cramps. Never mind. Okay, sorry. My bad. <laughs> yeah. No, he's, I must have missed the follow-up story behind that. My bad. Uh, so uh, th- that's great. Hawkinson. Good pick. I like it. Uh, Zach, who is your mid-round target beyond the top three? Well, the, some slander was already thrown his way, and I'm not here to stand for any Robert Tanyan slander. You're talking about a guy that is first off going as tight end 10 in the eighth round, which is ridiculous that he's even going that low, but that's some good value. Listen, he finished tight end three last year. Seven of his 11 touchdowns were in the red zone. Uh, he averaged 11 points per game, and that that is due to target share, right? And and uh, Greenlaw already alluded to it, low target rate. But this is also something where I think they were trying to fill him out, and they really didn't know what he was, and now they know. So I think there's going to be a little bit more game plans for it. And on top of that, the passing out of 12 personnel improved Green Bay's offense offensive efficiency and Rodgers was only sacked once behind the 12 personnel. So I think there's going to be a lot more 12 personnel usage. They didn't use it as much as they did with 11 personnel. But here's the thing. 
He had an 88.1% catch rate, the highest ever for a tight end over 50 targets. Highest ever, 88.1%. And on top of that, he was second in touchdown rate in his minimum 50 catches ever. That is that is outstanding. And now those are things that I think that the problem that you have Greenlaw was his reception and his usage and all that kind of stuff. He still had a large snap count. He just wasn't targeted a lot. I think that's due for an aggression. And <laughs> we are going to see Robert Tunyon solidify himself with higher points per game, but probably still hover around that tight end three, tight end four spot. And I think if you're drafting him in the eighth round in a mandatory tight end, I'd probably still pass, but that's someone that you definitely should keep on your radar if the rest of your roster is looking good and you and the rest of your draft lays out well where you can get depth spots still filled with quality depth players after the eighth round. Does it worry you that they added Randall Cobb this offseason? Oh, that's a good that's and good. Amari Rogers. Well, Amari uh, yeah, Rogers is yeah, Amari Rogers is going to replace Alan Lazard, and you know Randall Cobb is just there to, I guess, whatever him and Aaron Rodgers do behind closed closed doors is their business. <laughs> I don't think Cobb's going to be a huge factor in the offense. I do think that was kind of just like a how much pull do I have move by Rodgers there. Um, what are the chances they cut him like they cut Jake Kumaro last year? That would <laughs> just be amazing. That would be really funny. Um, I am a little worried about Tunyon regressing. I mean, you just said those two numbers you just said are like, those aren't reasons to get excited in my opinion. Those are reasons to get concerned. Highest catch rate of all time for a tight end. Second highest touchdown percentage of all time. Like that's bound to regress. Now, even if it does regress, you People hope you can offset it. the same thing it. about Ryan Tannehill. You, you hope you can offset it with a higher... Um, Vol- just pure volume, more targets. But, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, it wasn't just Tunyon. Aaron Rodgers' touchdown percentage last year led the NFL, and that's how he was able to win the MVP. Where I, It's just like a lot of touchdowns. So I feel like Aaron Rodgers th- is going to throw a few less touchdowns. I don't think Devontae Adams will score as many. I mean, it felt like Devontae Adams' anytime touchdown last year was automatic free money in almost every game on the back half of the year. But... I don't know. I mean, in the eighth round, you could do worse. It's a total crapshoot. Like you said, he did finish tight end three last year, although points per game, he finished tight end six. Um, Total points, he was tight end three because he was on the field for 16 weeks, which is also a valuable thing to have. So I don't hate Robert Tunyon. He's just not the guy that I'm targeting in the mid-rounds if I miss on the top three guys and Hawkinson. Let me say this. Everybody said that another RT was going to regress, and now everybody's trying to do it to this RT. Just not, I'm just not feeling it, guys. A lot Fair. of RT8 out there. Yeah. Anything else to add about Tanyan Greenlaw? No. No. Nothing on that. <laughs> well, well done. Well, why don't you take it away with your mid-round pick then? All right. My guy is Logan Thomas, former QB from I don't remember where he went to college. That was a forever ago, but really came on strong last year, Virginia finished Tech. last year. <laughs> Thank you. Virginia he Tech. actually, um, for some reason, he's tight end four and Robert Tunyon's tight end three, but they actually scored the same amount of points last year down to the decimal uh, in PPR league. So they both average 11.0 PPR points per game, 16 games played. But yeah, Logan Thomas has had some really nice usage with the first team offense this preseason, which 
should have been expected, of course. With Curtis Samuel's status still very much up in the air, and Ryan Fitzpatrick coming along. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be such an upgrade over any quarterback who threw Thomas the ball last year. So, like I said, already tight end four last year, and he's going as tight end eight. Like, what? What? Who are the guys that didn't finish ahead of him last year? Who are four guys? I mean, Kittle was hurt, sure. Kyle Pitts is a rookie that everyone likes, but I don't. Even, he's definitely not a lock to finish in the top eight. So. Who are these? Who are these guys that everyone just thinks is going to be better than what Thomas was last year with a better quarterback in what should be a better offense overall that has going to have a lot of possessions because they have a good defense? I'm all in on Logan Thomas. If I can't, if I miss one of those top three guys, Logan Thomas is the next guy I'm targeting. If you can get him in the seventh or eighth round, I don't think that's too early. I think the problem is exactly what you're saying is the solution. I think that's that's the thing I have with it is that he he does have a better quarterback and a better quarterback that doesn't necessarily go inside out. You see, Logan Thomas at least had the benefit of having shitty quarterbacks who went inside out, right? True. And you got Ryan Fitzpatrick who's going to want to go deep, who takes the risks, and you get to have D'Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick in the back. I mean, I think the better offense actually hurts Logan Thomas and the quarterback actually hurts Logan Thomas. Um, you know, I, I it's hard for me to figure out where I I like because I like Logan Thomas. I just have a hard time figuring out where I want to put him in the tight end rankings. Do I want to take him that high and that explosive of an offense with a better quarterback that's probably not going to be his first read he's maybe the fourth or fifth read when it's all said and done i i personally love logan thomas i had him on a bunch of teams last year it worked out really well i he will be be my target as well um it seems awfully late for him i'll, I'll definitely be trying to get him yeah he might be bumped down a little bit but i don't think it's going to be you know, as far as points per game, I don't think you're going to see like a huge drop off there. So if I can get him in the eighth round or something like that, that feels worthwhile, especially since I'm going to be able to pick up, you know, the, the wide receiver running backs I want ahead of time. Right. I always love when I was a coach, I always loved those quarterbacks who couldn't quite crack the starter or backup role that would transition. They were big six foot five guys would transition to tight end. My only advice to those guys who going from quarterback to tight end is don't go into broadcasting than baseball and try to revamp your career 10 years later with a, with a trash team with a coach who's going to quit midway through the season because this is the worst college team he's ever coached down in Jacksonville. Don't worry. Tebow's already been cut, baby. <laughs> 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 oh, I know. I just anyway. So back look, to the booth for him. College football preview or whatever. Well, I, I never <laughs> thought he'd be good over there either. But what do I know? So those are some mid round targets for everyone to kind of think about. But what if our our viewers, our listeners, our our faithful flexors out there? <laughs> what if they bypass those first two waves and they really wait? What are some even later round targets these guys should look for? Uh, I, I still like Johnu Smith. Um, I, I think he's a guy that can, st that can end up being tied in one. I mean, he's being drafted. Yours says tied in 14, but I, I found him to be tied in 16, but mm. you're talking about someone that's in the 12th round. And ultimately that is when you really, if you've built your roster properly, Johnu Smith is someone that you want to target easily. 
And the reason being is that obviously Bill Belichick in mind spent money on Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry, and he's going to be running 12 personnel. He's going to force defenses to stay in a base package, and he is going to put these tight ends on linebackers and go back to the days of 2011 when he had Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski, which, which both tight ends finished tight end one scoring for, and that's the, only the second time that two teammates and as tight ends have done that. It's, it's, it's such an easy pick to just wait it out if you need to and get Johnny Smith. We know that he is a red zone monster from being here in Tennessee. Eight of his nine total touchdowns were in the red zone. The ninth was a rushing touchdown, which is something else that I'm sure Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick are going to exploit is his rushing ability and his explosive athleticism. And to me, the Patriots tight ends only garnered 33 targets last year. Huge aggression for the Patriots tight ends. Big time aggression. It can only go up. Mac Jones is going to have his security blankets. Jonu Smith is about as reliable tight end as you can find in the league to be able to bring the ball down and be able to turn some yards after catch with it. I don't see any reason why you don't take the chance on Jonu Smith in the 12th round if he is there and you have not drafted tight end and you have to draft a tight end. Plus, it doesn't always – it's a tale as old as time that a former Titans player goes on to another team and absolutely just blows up that next year offensively because for whatever reason underutilized or just had to be in a different type of a situation with three or four injured tackles or whatever the Titans had last year. wouldn't be surprising. Again, rookie offensive player of the year in Mac Jones. Throwing Generational t- talents. Generational talent. McCorkle, Joker Jones, going to be throwing a lot of touchdowns to Johnny Smith, and Johnny Smith is going to get those big plays as well. And he'll probably line up, run, line up at running back as well. I mean, they don't need Sonny Michelle. You got Johnny Smith. I do think he could touch the ball a little bit in the running game. I mean, it's not going to be more than like no. one or two carries every few weeks. Sure. But, but I mean, he that's more touches than a lot of these tight ends that are being drafted above him. And, you know, he could rip off a 40-yard run any given week. That's four more points for your, for your team than you would have had from some other guy. I do think he's going to be a big red zone weapon. I think Jonu Smith's value goes way up if Mac Jones takes over the starting job at some point. I know he's Mac Jones is playing well right now while Cam Newton's out with the COVID test bull crap thing that happened to him because he's unvaccinated or whatever. Um, but I do think based on these first two preseason games that we've seen, I do think Cam's going to start the year as the starting quarterback. Who knows at what point that'll change. Maybe he'll get hurt. But if Cam Newton's your starting quarterback, I worry a lot about what they do in the red zone because I feel like he's just going to run the ball with Cam Newton and, and handing it off to Harris and stuff. But if Mac Jones gets the job, Johnny Smith could, could repeat those eight red zone touchdowns he scored last year. He also had a rushing touchdown last year. <laughs> yeah, rushing. Yeah, I, th- I think we're all. I think on the show, it's safe to say we're pro Jonu Smith. We, we we liked him a lot last year. We talked about him a ton in, in the fantasy show. So it's, it wasn't like we were. I, I of the offensive pieces they lost, uh, the, the Titans lost. I thought Jonu Smith would have been one of the bigger ones. It looks like maybe Dennis Kelly walking was an issue too, <laughs> based on the tackle or guard or whatever the hell he is that they drafted. Uh, eh, they got Kendall Lamb. They'll be fine. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you just keep telling yourself that there, buddy. <laughs> hey, I am. 
This is Mr. I, I, Josh Reynolds wide receiver two is a thing for the Titans. <laughs> I said Josh Reynolds would be fine. I didn't say he'd be good. I said he'd be fine. I said what the does Titans fine mean would to you be then? If it, if it means the offense will still be good. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you really painted yourself into a corner there. <laughs> Look, if you got Tannehill, A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, it doesn't matter who the other receiver is. Now, the fact that it's Julio Jones is incredible, but like anyone would have been fine. Yeah. Marcus Johnson would have been fine. All right, Greenlaw, who, no, who's your round? <laughs> uh, my guy's big time boomer bust. It's Cole Komet from the Bears. So last year he nice. was he was behind Jimmy Graham. See, Zach, he really hated the pick. Um, he was behind <laughs> Jimmy Graham last year uh, for most of the year. And then down the stretch, last like six weeks of the year or so, he started out, out targeting uh, Jimmy Graham. And I'll be interested to see if that carries over this year. Because if it does, he can put up some numbers. He is very Jimmy Graham reliant because even towards the end of the year, Graham was getting the red zone targets. But if Graham gets hurt or, you know, they decide to cut him and save some money, Cole Komet becomes an automatic tight end one, and he's going in the 15th round right now. So this is a huge boomer bust guy. But if you, if you for whatever reason, waited this long to get a tight end, he's much better than – he's got a lot more upside, I should say, than a lot of the, the tight ends going in a similar round. He's the only guy that has potential to be an uh, every week tight end one. And the quarterbacks he has, Dalton and Fields, those young guys, you, they could benefit from, you know, looking in the middle of the field. Yeah, maybe not Dalton so much a young guy, but I think I get what you're saying, especially because Fields has got to be yeah, a yeah. guy – Dalton's like, you know, check down Charlie type guy. That's what I'm sure. Yeah, I get get what you're going there for. And, but even though I think Fields is the guy there, whether they inject Dalton in his ribs at some point in time or or, or break his kneecap with something, I think Fields will be the guy. And you always like those young quarterbacks to be able to have those big body tight ends, especially in the red zone. And that's where you can see a lot of his points. So he doesn't, he's, this is kind of the, Opposite of John U. Smith, right? Like you're you're expecting red zone targets, and you're going to get some explosive plays. This you're just looking for a, a big body in the red zone, which can really go well uh, for Fields. So I think you kind of monitor that. You're kind of banking on. I think with this pick, this could this could be a good one if if Fields, in fact, is the guy there. And even with Trubisky uh, last year, you're being like six and seven targets a game down the stretch, which is you know really pretty good for a tight end. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and you don't expect that to stop, especially with a young quarterback. You mm-hmm. possibly could uh, bump it up to scaring double digits at that point. Yep. Okay. This is a total crapshoot pick if you pick him. I mean, I feel like yeah. you almost have to have another tight end, even if it's just another late round guy that you're hoping pops. Like, I would be very, very scared if my only Just, tight end if was. If he's Cole my Pitt. only tight this end, first, I'm in trouble. Yeah. yeah. This is the, actually the first time I've ever heard of this guy. You're joking. We talked about him. Yes, I am 100% joking. I, said, I know you walked away for a minute to go garden or whatever you were doing, but I, I gardening back to the show. My herbs. I had to get uh, the rabbit out of my uh, cabbage patch. This man can roll with the punches better than anyone I think I've ever met in my life. Well done, sir. All right. So you've never heard of him. You, you might not have any input then. So, JG. Notre Dame, baby. Sorry. I keep cutting you off, Ryan. I'm sorry. It's fine. It's fine. It's what I get for missing a week and letting the raccoons chew through my internet wires. <laughs> I'm staring at you like I stare at all my computer problems. Why don't you go ahead and take it away? 
All right, my late round target is a perennial late round target, I think. And this is a guy that most people are probably tired of hearing about, but I'm picking him again. Mike Gusecki of the Miami Dolphins. This guy has been ready to break out every year of his career. What is this? This is also his third year, I think. Third or fourth year. Irrelevant. He finished last year's tight end seven, 10.6 points per game. So really just behind Logan Thomas and uh, Robert Tunyon at that 11 points per game mark for what would have been tight end three and four, right? Or tight end four and five. So tight end seven, he's right up in that range. But he's being drafted as tight end 12. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Mike Gesicki is going to be a top five tight end or anything. But, you know, you're in the hundreds in your draft and you don't have a tight end yet. You can do a lot worse than Mike Gesicki. I think Tua t- it really, like, if he really steps up his game the way that I expect and a lot of people have expected and a lot of buzz out there, I think he could be a really good player over the middle. Tua hit him with a really nice seam pass in the, their last preseason game, which has me excited, even though it's a meaningless preseason game. But I just feel like you're taking a crapshoot on a late-round tight end. Take a guy who's who's been a top-seven guy before, who has a little bit of rapport with the quarterback. I know they added a bunch of receivers, Will Fuller, Jalen Waddell. Those are speed guys who are going to take the top off the defense who are going to catch screen passes and get yards after catch, little little dump-off type drag routes. But the guy who's going to work the seam and work over the middle of the field is still going to be Gesicki. He's one of these guys that lines up as a wide receiver more often than he lines up as a blocker in line. So he's the type of tight end you want to target anyway. And I think that he could, you know, he could score eight touchdowns this year. I like, I like Gasecki. Uh, he won me a couple sit starts, you know, back in the day when we were doing right. sit starts. And I can't wait to do it again and dominate you fools yet again with probably Same. a couple of Mike Gasecki starts. I'm just doing good if I can say his name right. But he's trending even last year and a year. This will be his fourth year, just to answer that question for you, JG. Um, even even in last year when there was some tur- turmoil and some up and down with the the quarterback situation that the, the Miami whatever they were, Miami was doing last year, he still finished had 85 targets on the year, 53 receptions. So he he improved over the year in his receptions, his yards, his touchdowns. So I I, I would agree with you. I don't think eight touchdowns is out of the realm of possibility. And he had 703 yards last year, and you could see an uptick there as well if that relationship is truly growing like you think it will, and if Tua is improving like it looks like he is, much to Southwest Texas Titans uh, dismay. Ah, second, James. Correct, James. Anyway, <laughs> just just to confirm there. So I mean, he, there has been some trend even in a, in a kind of an up and down year at the quarterback position. If you have a stable quarterback who already looks like he's improving as it is, then those numbers could all go up. And those are if for a late round pick, those aren't bad numbers as they are. And if they improve, he could possibly do better than some of those mid round guys that we talked about, or at least if he could have some consistency. My problem with him last year is though, even though he won a few sit starts for Zach, he lost me in Greenlaw every time we said start him. He he was terrible for us. I guess we just didn't know we couldn't figure him out. Zach had the uh the golden gears. He had like last three year. monster weeks, like twenty five point weeks or so, and then he had a bunch of zeros. No. Yeah, I'll say I remember, this. I won a lot off the Dolphins last year. I, I could pick the sits, the starts. You know, it was Devontae Parker, Mike Gusecki, Miles Gaskin, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tua Tagovailoa, all of them. I had the over on his receiving yards in the Dolphins-Raiders game last year, and it took until like five minutes left in the fourth quarter. He finally caught a big pass over the middle that pushed him over that that total, and I had tweeted that pick out before the game, so... He came through for me that night, and he's going to come through for me this season. Remains to be seen. And, guys, we did it. I, I, I got to tell you, we we stretched the damn tight end topic into a freaking hour. 
Boom! Yeah. I knew we could. We so only, where are the uh, where are the gold stars? We did that without any gold stars. Hey, you know there was there was everybody gets a gold star this week because it was just fantastic. Yes. The fact that we could talk so in depth and stretch a topic like tight ends into an hour long. Where else in America are you going to get that? In the world for a fantasy show, are you going to get content like that? Just a and lot of hot guys it? talking tight ends. <laughs> and, and do you even want an hour of tight ends? That's another thing we have to consider. Well, well I did. didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you should talk like you did. Is that why you got up and left? Well, but to close the show. I was gardening. <laughs> <laughs> to close the show out this week, we do want to, to, and a few weeks ago, we did announce that we're going to bring back the Broadway fantasy league. And we were, we, it went well last year. We want to. We put out the the call. Who can come in here and beat us? You're not that guy, pal. Trust me. You're not that guy. We're gonna put the challenge out there again. We have eight names picked. Zach, you went through it meticulously. You read through everything. We got lots and lots of submissions. We had it was a tough time. We had to vote right before the show. Uh, I don't want to give you a look behind the curtains because that could lead some people into some advantage, unfair advantages next year. So that's our own secret sauce. That's our own secret recipe. That's a weird thing to say on a night we're talking about tight ends. But I digress. We do have the eight finalists that are going to join us in the Fantasy League. Zach, go ahead and announce who is going to be in the league with us. Well, I didn't know I was announcing it, so I'm pulling it up. Uh, I can I can take it away while you pull well, it up. I've already got it up. I'm a professional. Okay. There you go. First one, Jack Gallagher. He said, reason I should be in Broadway Sports Fantasy League, I am a fantasy sports fanatic, haven't been part of the game since I was in second grade. That really doesn't tell us much because we don't know who the fuck you are, Jack. We don't know your life story. How old are you? What does that even mean? My family is full of huge Titans fans, including multiple founding members, initial season ticket holders, humble brag. I myself am a current Titans season ticket holder, humble brag. While these are all good reasons for me to be accepted, I think the best reason is my skill at drafting, trading for, and signing the right players to field a championship caliber fantasy football team. I have won my 10-person Big whoop. Who can't win a 10-person league? Non-dynasty league. Three out of the last four years. I'll bring competitiveness and trash talk to this fantasy league. But most importantly, I'll back it up with an outstanding team filled with amazing football players. I look forward to kicking y'all's asses. Well, this is a 12-team league, bud. You're in the big boys. You're playing with the big boys, bud. All right. Next one. Madison DeSears, I will say. Yeah. Yeah. Reason I should be in the league, simply put. Simply put, that she goes on and writes like 15 other sentences. Simply put. I do think this is a male person. Okay, whatever. You know, pick a different name. I'm a massive consumer of your content and perhaps an even bigger fantasy football fanatic. The variety of content put out by the Broadway team is second to none, and it presents the Titans from more angles that you can find amongst any other pundits. We love... So true. Yeah, we love that. All right. Next. (laughs) Having the opportunity to interact and compete with some of you guys would be awesome. A little bit about me. I'm at almost 30 year old from the capital district of New York. And it goes without saying that eat, sleep, breathe, and all other vital bodily activities, Tennessee Titans. I'd bring some solid nationwide representation to the league as sometimes it feels like I'm the only Titans fan in the entire state. I'm a father. Oh, there you go. It is. Sorry, Madison. I'm a father of two-year-old twins, and they already know more about the Titans than some national reporters do. Looking forward to talking or taking them to as many games as possible as they start to get older. So I'd like to be in this league so I can rep- represent for fans, Broadway sports, 
fans of the Titans, and so that I can have some bragging rights. Thanks, guys. Whew, All right. That was a long one. It was. I mean, simply put, though, right? I mean, simply Very put. Straight to the point. A lot of Next brown one. I'm pretty sure I got this one right, though. This Flattery one is a female. Right. I'm pretty sure this one's a female. Deborah Hussey. I mean, I have been, not- I've been watching NFL since mid-60s. I have played fantasy football with Star Trek, SF, English Premier, and other unusual groups. I keep track of large number of players and teams for fun of it. I want to have a fun challenge of being in a league, and this seems like the best choice. This is the best choice. More flattery always gets you in the league. We appreciate it. Let's let's get some. I don't know what SF is. Um, Zimbale San nope. Francisco. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> something tells me that's not what it is <laughs> I, I like it san francisco fantasy league i guess you could draft the golden gate or the millions of homeless i guess that are there i don't know the the fisherman's wharf yeah maybe the the carts that the the, the right rice aroni you have to get right. rice aroni hate ashbury yeah there you go don't even know what that is but sure all That's right. where music was born. Rock no. and roll, anyway. Oh. No, no, it was not. Rock and roll music. That does not born. sound right at all. All right. I'm Number missed. three that is in the Fantasy League, Tyler Coupler. Boys, I followed a handful of you over here from MCM. Over the years, ah. Mike and Graver have become my go-to guys for Titans News Breakdowns, even though you guys aren't insiders. Ooh, that's a little jab right there. Gotcha. Wow. Yeah, I, I followed I along now. with Greenlaw's links and Wes's input. I used to follow Jimmy Morse for everything Titans breaking news along with Superhorn's in-depth film breakdowns. The F-Words pod was one of my first football pods I listened to besides Neely's. Rest in peace, Neely. I've been a Titans fan since 2002 and have suffered along with everyone else since then. Main reason I wanted to be in this league, I value everyone's Titans and football knowledge above all other Titans reporters and insiders. Boom. Flattery. It would be one heck of an opportunity to play in this league with a great bunch of Titans fans. Thank boys. Not for nothing that in the trenches article is not too bad either. If you want to check that out, jerks. we don't, we don't have time for self-promotion. Okay. <laughs> the next up is Craig Wiley reason to be a part of the league. Redemption. Craig! Last year I competed in the fantasy league and I tragically fell short of claiming the trophy this year. I've learned from my mistakes and I'm coming back with a vengeance. Also, I'm a longtime Twitter follower and faithful listener to the Flex, MCA, and Football and Other F-Words. There are no bigger fans out there. Thanks, guys. I hope you picked me. Well, you did get picked, Craig. All right. Next up, Tyler Williams. So we got two Tylers in the leagues. That's not going to be confusing. Reason to be chosen. I'm a paramedic out in the Bay Area of California in Oakland. And while being a first responder can be mentally taxing, this past year and a half has been exhausting. From dealing with the regular things we deal with on an everyday basis to a deadly virus with a large portion of our communities, I think we're trying to pull the wool over everyone's eyes. It's hard. Football is one of few escapes for me. I've been a huge Titans fan since they first came to Nashville. Why would a California kid like the Titans, you might ask? Well, my stepfather was a big Rams fan. And ever since the Super Bowl, being the little shit I was at the time, I've been a dedicated Titans fan that started with rooting against my stepfather. I'm a big fan of what y'all do here at Broadway. I've been a subscriber since it's been started. I listen to the podcasts and read the articles. 
except for in the trenches. And I'm happy to be a part of this community. <laughs> Thanks for all you guys do. I'd love to be in a league with y'all. Wow, that sounds like the uh, the hot run, the, uh, fantasy universe. Trying to fight the uh, stepfather to uh, right for glory. And last <laughs> but not last but not least is Bryce Crusel. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh, we do. We I did yes. this one. Don't worry. Yes. No. So we got we got the eighth one now. So Bryce Crusel. All right, guys, here's the deal. I was in the league last year and performed very well. I was the first one to beat Zach, who was undefeated at the time. Now, he I don't know which Zach he's referring to because he spelled it Z-A-C-K, so I don't know which Zach that would have been that he beat last year. And eventually made my way to face Greenlaw in the championship where he kicked my ass. I believe last year my audition was good enough to show you all I can hang with the pros, and you guys' content is off the chart. But if I'm not accepted, I'm just going to have to take it that Greenlaw's nervous about the redemption tour that I'm prepared and ready to go on. You officially have been challenged. Wow. And last one. The last one. (laughs) Zach Hannaford, who also spells his name wrong, and it's his own name. I don't understand how he left off an H because he's spelling it Z-A-C. What a loser. Reason. I may not be literally the smartest person covering the Titans, but I at least want to prove them literally the smartest Zach in the Titans fan base, which is quite possible because I don't know many people that in the Titans fan base spell their name ZAC. So you might well be the, the smartest ZAC Zach out there. There you go. I'm done. My eight. Chris Alexander just, just, he just, uh, y'all's, y'all's friendship must be truly special, Zach. It is. It's a truly special bond. We are golf buddies. Oh, uh, he's also up. he's also in my league of record. I've known him for gosh five six years. That's awesome. Well, congratulations, Jack, Madison, Deborah, Tyler, Craig, Tyler W, Bryce, and wrong spelled Zach. I'm sure that won't be a running thing all year. Oh, we have a late question, uh, which looks like a quarterback on a tight end night. Do we even take that, guys? I, I think we take it. Let's take it. Like question, would Sam Darnold be a sneaky good QB2 option? I think so. I, I don't think see yes. any reason why why you don't. He's he's away from Adam Gase. That's everything. That mean that changes everything about Sam Darnold in my opinion. He sh- I really kind of don't feel like he ever should have been traded from the Jets. I don't know if Zach Wilson's going to be as good as what Sam Darnold could have been in this newer offense. But change of scenery, lots of wide receiver weapons. Christian McCaffrey's back. I'm in. I'm in on some Sam Darnold. He looked absolutely. They threw him a graduation party when he got traded. That that family was so ecstatic <laughs> getting him away from the Jets. He he's on top of the world. He's going to come out and light the world on fire for like a game or two. He's also got Joe Brady and a really bad defense. So I think, I think That's Sam cool. Darnold is a sneaky, sneaky, sneaky good QB two option. Like sneaky mm-hmm. great QB two option. Like if you don't get the quarterback you are targeting, just draft Sam Darnold. His early season schedule is, I mean, we don't know how any defense is going to be, but based on what we expect, his early season schedule is super easy. I think he's got the Texans early. He's got the Cowboys early. He's got bad defenses early. So if you want like a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance type of uh, upside later on, but you need somebody in the meantime, Sam Darnold could be your guy. Well, there you have it, guys. I hate to end the show on. We, we do have a pit, uh, another question down here. Oh, 
We do. From we a couple Fia, more, yeah. From Fia, Eva, Kyle. Well, that's the only question I see. Is this? Yeah, one? they're both from him. Oh, or I guess one's just a comment, sir. Yeah. Um, I think that you need to be getting Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and Trey Lance. I would skip right over Jimmy G. I'd be okay taking Trey Lance high and getting Sam Darnold later. Like I'm okay with that strategy because I think Trey Lance is gonna is if he doesn't start by the by the end of the preseason, if he's not named the starter and whatever, go ahead and draft him in all your drafts. Get someone like Sam Darnold, draft Trey Lance, where he's probably, I think he's probably quarterback, I'd say probably 13, 14 when it comes down to it. Get someone like Sam Darnold or James Jameis Winston, who right now they're both probably borderline undraftable in most leagues, and get one of those guys to be your actual quarterback until Trey Lance is ready. But Debo wow. Samuel and Brandon Ayuk are definitely worth getting, and I know Greenlaw agrees with this because he brought it up. Trey Sermon's a deep sleeper. Trey Lance is going as QB 20. Yeah, that's late. If you get Mostert, you have to get Sermon. You you need to hand him. Or at least some ketchup. I actually would take uh, Sermon and just skip Mostert, to be honest. Yeah, someone Mostert's else. probably not going to stay healthy for a lot of the year. No. I mean, what week – look, Trey and Trey, those two guys are going to be the backfield sooner than later in San Francisco. It's just a matter of time. Yep. And where you're Mostert, you're going to be able to get a better, you know, a better running back too anyway. Right. So get, the, get all upside with uh, Sermon late. So with the recent injury news, should people be trying to trade James Robinson right now? It depends well, what you can get for him. Yeah, I think that's the thing is like, would you rather here's I, I lucked out because I traded a tenth round pick for James Robinson recently and a sixteenth and he's a sixteenth round keeper. That I'm all about that, right? I mean, I that's got Antonio nice. Gibson in the sixth round and I got James Robinson in the sixteenth round in this one league. And I got my RB one and my RB two right off the bat, right? So it depends on the the rest of the makeup of your your roster, but if he's a low round keeper or he doesn't have any value attached to him and he's just a keeper, you got to keep him in my opinion because he finished really high last year and Travis Etienne being out and Carlos Hyde sucking, I mean it's it's like nothing. It's James Robinson's backfield and the Jaguars proved last year it does not matter how far behind they fall. He's he's still going to get his touches, and he's involved in the passing game. He doesn't really come off the field a lot. I'm telling you, I would not be trading him unless you're going to get a lot of value from him. I kind of disagree, to be honest. I think I think you could ride the current wave and get more for him than he's really worth because people are now overrating what he's going to do. Uh, look, he was a great RB two, RB one, whatever he was last year. But last year, they had a different coaching staff who would, who stayed committed to the run game. And they didn't have Carlos Hyde, who I agree isn't a very good player. But you know what he is? An Ohio State guy. And you know what? Urban Meyer likes his Ohio State guys. And I don't know if James Robinson is going to play a lot on passing downs. I know he can, but I just feel like Urban Meyer is going to be stupid and he's going to put Carlos Hyde out there and he's going to put Carlos Hyde out there near the goal line. And how many times are the Jags even going to be near the goal line? Like This is not going to be a good offense. And I know last year's staff was like committed to Robinson and committed to running the ball with Robinson. But this year's staff 
is a disaster. Urban Meyer's already calling out his offensive coordinator for being bad. It's like their whole offense looks like garbage. Trevor Lawrence is okay. He's fine. But like he's not he's he's the fifth rookie QB I'd want out of the five first round guys right now. So I Depends on what kind of value you can get for him. If you can get like a Chris Carson or a David Montgomery for him, I'd way rather have one of those two guys. Ooh, I would not want to have David Montgomery. I know you're big into the Frankenstein thing, but I think I would rather have Chris Carson. <laughs> Jacksonville is going to be a shit show this year, and I'm here for it. Yeah. They were a shit show last year, and he was still good. I, yeah. I'm just not worried about it. That is he true, had but- so much news of like running back seven or something like that game than Jonathan Taylor. I'm with Zach. I'm in on uh, James Robinson this year. Yeah. I'm just not trusting that this year's staff is going to treat this year the way that last year's staff treated right. last year. And, and well, they don't this. have a choice though. I mean, that's oh. the thing is that they really don't have a choice. They all, you know, mighty dollar might have something to do with this. And what I mean by that is that they did spend the number one pick on a quarterback. People are going exactly. to want to see this quarterback play. They're going to want to see this quarterback throw the ball. So regardless of how good it's going, they're going to try to appease the fans in a shitty season. They're going to try to appease them. They may not have that in their game plan to give it to the running back as much. I'm not saying they're not going to because they may, I mean, it is what it is. They have, they may have to, but I think they've got that number one pick, that nice shiny toy, and then they're going to try to overuse it. I mean, last year their quarterback was Gardner. You know, the offensive line has looked terrible this, this preseason so far. He's running for his life back there I, that would lead me to think that they're going to run the ball a little bit more to protect him. maybe but last year their quarterback was Gardner Minshew so they weren't very apt to you know drop back 50 times this year with Trevor Lawrence I mean they may be a pass first team now like Doug Marone was a run first Mike Malarkey clone guy who was gonna pound the ball with his running back no matter what Urban Meyer might do that too because he has talked about wanting to like impose his will on the other team and all the bullshit you hear from bad offensive coordinators in the NFL now. But I don't know. I'm, I'd be really scared that I think it can go well, but I think the floor could fall out and, and just be like you can't even start him some weeks. I think that could totally – it's a wide range of outcomes for James Robinson. That's some great info, guys. I don't see any other questions in there. Don't Nobody throw in – save him for next week – Throw it to us on Twitter. Reach out to us. Uh, but go and check out all of our other podcast articles that Broadway Sports has to offer at broadwaysportsmedia.com. We are partnered with 440 Sports. Follow Broadway Sports on Twitter at BroadwayTN and the show on Flex on Broadway. Check out our merch. We've got some great T-shirts out there right now for you to go. I know that Justin had thrown one up on the screen just a little bit ago. Check all that out. We have the Flex shirt. We have literally the smartest person covering the Titans. You can have it all. Go there, grab you a few different sizes, see how they fit. You might want to buy some Christmas presents early. Go ahead and start thinking there. It's closer than you think. Until next time, though, check out Zach at F-Words Pods, JG at Titans Film Room, Greenlaw at Rob on Broadway, me at Ryan on Broad. Check out our Facebook and Instagram. Wes is over there killing it, doing a great job with our social medias. Uh, so until next time, Flexers. Oh, yes. Robinson is better than Gaskin. What? No way. Yeah, Gaskin is stuck. I'll close it up when you're done. Gaskin is stuck (laughs) in a running back by committee. Come on. James Robinson had 69 first downs, 15 receiving and 54 rushing. Gaskin is in a running back by committee that he cannot escape from. It's over for Gaskin. Let's do it. Let's make a bet. I'll we'll bet talk on Gaskin. about listen, next next episode we're talking about preseason storyline, so we'll talk about Gaskin.
Fair enough. All right. Put it in the bricks. Ryan boys. already signed off, so I'm, I'm good. Enough. I'll see you off lectures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>